I know I had a lady come up to me at one gig and said, I'm going to go to the manager of this restaurant. And I said, ma'am, ma'am, what did we do wrong? She said, they're not paying y'all enough. And I said, what? How do you know what we're getting paid? She said, all of y'all are sharing one cigarette, so you must not be getting paid very much. Welcome back to Something in the Water. It's been a while. Yeah. Uncle Dave Griffin, Mr. Sean Clark, and we're happy to welcome back Jason Chancy. How y'all doing? <laughs> this is our... Uh, coming out of quarantine. Coming out of quarantine. Well, it's been a while not, since we've done this. And, it's been a uh, while. <laughs> you'll notice our spectacular new surroundings as well. Yeah, we got a new set. Uh, Caution Light Media. Caution Light Media, Mr. Justin Mercer. He's sitting off camera this time, but uh, uh, the previous episodes, uh, we thank you for watching, uh, have all been done out in the backyard in a... Uh, concrete in a cathedral. Concrete cement block, a uh, little garage out in the backyard. And uh, as you all know, South Georgia weather uh, is brutal. With the humidity and uh, uh, them old concrete walls tend to sweat. So uh, this uh, equipment had to be moved inside to an air-conditioned uh, climatized zone. And here we are in the the studios, the actual studios, Caution Light Studios. This is where he does the recordings, uh, Mm -hmm. musical recordings and such. But uh, we're glad to be back. Hope that everybody's doing well. Um, This is going to be a uh, kind of an impromptu session. Uh, We don't really know what we're going to talk about. Not like we ever did, but uh, (laughs) before. But uh, so, how's uh, quarantine been been treating you guys, Jason? I mean, right now I'm pretty happy. I feel like an old cat. I finally got let in the house here at the the home day. caution light or whatever, but, um, it actually hasn't been a whole lot different for me cause I've been working my regular day job. Yeah, it never, never stopped for you. Did it? It never stopped. Um, I work in the, the outdoors industry. So people been going outdoors cause there's nothing to do indoors. So we've been really busy, but, uh, the music thing's been kind of slow. <laughs> yeah. But y'all started back a lot. Uh, uh, yeah, we're, we're, Right now, it's not uh, back to normal, but um, yeah, I've seen some pictures. I was like, dang, yeah, we've done some shows. We've done, uh, we did a 350 capacity, um, probably at least a month ago, yeah, about a month with Justin, and a half Justin ago. Spivey band, yeah, but, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, Jason Chancey, I play in the Justin Spivey band, I play the bass, mm-hmm. and uh, what anyway. was that at? That was at um, Middleburg, Florida, at Southern Social Whiskey Bar. Cool. I think we had three, three fifty or so in there that night. Um, we've been. Did average- they change the name Southern Social Distance Whiskey Bar? 
<laughs> well, there wasn't a whole lot of distance between people that night. I guarantee you that. But I mean, right now, as it stands, we're booked. Um, we're booked pretty well through, I think, uh, September, October. We might have one open date left, um, which Justin does a lot of acoustic gigs on the weekdays and we'll either do Friday, Saturday as a full band or, or one or the other, depending on, you know, what's available, how far it is, what the pay is or whatever. So sometimes they'll do a duo with our drummer, Austin Lane, because they, they harmonize real well together. Mm. Um, does he play the full kit when it's just him and Justin? No, he just does a cone and uh, cool and and vocals, and then they'll trade off on guitar. Um, yeah, Austin's real good on guitar too. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and Justin actually plays drums. He just doesn't. I mean, he has played it, played drums with us one time. I think when we played a show where really him and Austin have swapped up for cool a song. But um, yeah, there's a lot of talent in in that band. Um, with uh with Austin Lane and Logan Inman and uh Justin Spivey and I know how to run the PA and play the bass a little bit so that's yeah. that's pretty much what I bring to the table um when it comes to that but uh talking about Florida playing down in Florida I've I've had you helped me get a gig down in uh Steenhatchie have you went back there yet uh, I went back the very next Friday. Wow. As a matter of fact, uh, the, cool. the owner who I have never met, but, uh, the owner wasn't there that first night. And, uh, I woke up a week later, Friday morning, and there was a text from the owner, uh, asking me if I had any plans for that night. He needed another fill in. So I did play two weeks in a row down there and enjoyed the hell out of it. But uh, them people down in Florida, there is the the COVID don't exist down there. Yeah, they don't. it's like they they are balls to the wall, and uh, uh, I don't know. That's the weird thing about it is, you know, I, I know this thing is is for real, mm-hmm. and and I do respect it and take it seriously and everything. But uh, as a musician. <clears throat> Once you get out there, you tend to let your guard down a little yeah. bit. You know? And I've noticed, like, playing some gigs, it's like, you know, you try to be safe, but there's a point where you're like, you don't want to be in a butt to these people that are mm-hmm. coming up to you. And it's like awkward. You're like, oh, I, don't, I don't shake hands or I don't, you know, or it, it kind of moves. You need to, to back up, yeah. mister, or whatever. But, uh, you know, you, I, you I think just less been, about that. Yeah. And plus you're drinking too. Right. So the drinking relaxes you and you yeah. kind of tend to. But uh, so far, uh, we're all doing good as far as non. Yeah. And uh, not getting it. Non-infected. Thank God. You know. Yeah, for sure. Um, now, I've noticed that, you know, the the feedback is is very, very positive. People are enjoying going out. The ones that. Oh yeah, that want to or can or whatever. Um, and honestly, everybody who's come out to our shows has looked healthy. I know, that, and I know that's not a way to to tell if you have COVID, right, but yeah. but you know what I'm saying. It, it seems to be uh, people are kind of sitting with their tables of people that they come with that they were going to be hanging out with anyway. So um, mm-hmm. you don't have that. 
I was just thinking, you got the table in the corner that's like sneezing and coughing. Yeah. I mean, and you don't know, go, some of the, the shows, you know, some of the shows, it's 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 very much like we have a particular place we go to after the set, you know, and some people can follow you or find you or whatever, and that's fine. And we're not trying to hide away, but we're also not trying to walk full on out into, you know, mm-hmm. right, yep. shaking hands with 40,000 people yep. at one time. We're, we're because, being as safe as we can be, you know. But yeah. back in my days, we used to go burn one, huh. you know, after the, after the uh, first, first band. First set. Leave them alone. Yeah. I know. I had a lady come up to me at one gig and said, I'm going to go to the manager of this restaurant. And I said, ma'am, ma'am, what did we do wrong? She said, they're not paying y'all enough. And I said, what? How do you know what we're getting paid? She said, all of y'all are sharing one cigarette, so you must not be getting paid very much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we have done a lot of restaurants, outdoor yeah. restaurants. Yeah. We were doing mostly outdoor stuff and outdoor restaurants, and we've had really good response. We've been called back you know, yeah. a lot of times to go ahead and get, you know, three or four or five dates. We had, I think one guy today booked 13 dates with just an acoustic today mm-hmm. just for the rest of the year. And uh, so there are some places, you know, opening yeah. up. And, I mean, Saturday night we had 90 people, and there was, it's probably 350 or 425, you know, seat capacity. That's about as much as you can spread out, you know. And mm-hmm. people were all over. They weren't you know, clumped up in one area of the building. So it was these groups of people that felt comfortable hanging out together. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, I come into contact with a lot more people when I go grocery shopping than I do when I play music yeah. in the story, you know? Yeah. Um, How about y'all? PB, uh, Pine Box Dwellers, y'all, we're these guys up. right here. <laughs> it's starting to open up again a little bit, but, uh, you know, I'll, I'll have a solo gig and then a, a full band gig and a duo gig and uh, not quite the level that it was. Yeah, no, we were we were playing three to four times a week, full band. Um, but I, th- I mean, we've been lucky for mm-hmm. sure. People's been uh, calling us a lot, which is good. Um, you know, I, I haven't re- had to reach out too much, but it's getting thin. Mm-hmm. about this weekend you know coming up um but and, and i've got some holes coming up so i'm yeah. starting to get a little bit itchy scratchy about calling people but yeah well what about the guys in the band how do they feel about it have you talked to other musicians who don't want to play right now or and um out of the four of us i would say everybody's worried about about catching something but um on a level i think jesse's the most scared um <clears throat> nothing wrong with that but that's just where he's at with it and uh you know me and connor will ride together or me connor and jody will ride together to a gig and jody, jesse will drive separately and jesse will wear his mask the whole time but it's you know you can't sing in a mask so me and connor and jody and jody plays veronica so can't definitely can't do that right. the mask on but um well see i think i already had covid yeah we mean with, with, with light with yeah. light you know lighter 
before it all came out. Oh, this thought, has been, yeah. you know, it's yeah. been months and months ago. We thought that we I went had to the it. hospital, tried to get a test. They wouldn't give me a test because they didn't have enough at the time. Mm-hmm. And all the symptoms passed. And I haven't gone back to get the blood test, which can detect the fact that you've already had it and you're, right. you're safe. You know, antibodies. Yeah. My wife thought, Bess thought she was, she had it. And she's like, I must have had it in November because I was really sick in November. Mm-hmm. And she got tested for the flu and it wasn't the flu. Well, she's got tested here recently because she's she works at the ER or whatever. And she hasn't had it. Wow. So, I don't know. It's a, it's a strange. That might have been a pandemic that nobody even called well, on to. <laughs> I mean, in my, in my day job, I deal with people. And I touch money that other people have touched. Yeah. You know, and I go in and out of all kinds. I travel from town to town and go in and out of a bunch of buildings and yeah. deal with a bunch of people every day. That's way more, you know, which yeah. we carry. You know, I've got a mask that I keep with me. This is not, it's it's one of the ones that's a, it's technically a neck gaiter that you mm-hmm. put down around your neck yeah. and then you pull it up kind of yeah. like a little bandana. I've got one thing. of those, yeah. It's a stretchy deal. Um, and I've well, got. Stretchy deal. I've got a, uh, you know, several bottles of a little hand sanitizer in the truck and, and stuff like that for when I work. And, I mean, you just do the best you can. It's, it's all about being, you know, mm. I guess being smart. So, What about you, Dave? What's uh, Well, uh, I guess uh, the way that it's affected me is the most is, uh, you know, you're talking about, okay, let's go back to when this first started, when it first started creeping into our uh, awareness uh, was was the week of the Swamp Town Get Down yeah. Music and Arts Festival, that one of yeah. the music festivals that I put on here in Waycross. Uh, one of two. The second one is the— It was literally that week. <laughs> it was that week. It was like, what is this? Yeah. Nobody knew what was going on, and should yeah. we have it? Should we it not have like, it? It was like the the our festival began on Thursday, like March 12th, and— uh, that Tuesday before that, I started seeing the news reports, the national news, talking about it's ramping up, folks, and it's ramping up fast. And uh, uh, but we decided to go ahead with it, and uh, uh, it was wonderfully attended. It was uh, <laughs> we had the best time. Uh, I didn't hear of any casualties of anybody. No casualties of any sort, and. Uh, uh, the talk uh, afterwards was uh, out of everybody that had, that was there was like, thank God that you got to do that. That we did that. Yep. You know, we, we snuck it under the wire, right? Right as as COVID was beginning. Yeah. Uh, after that, it came on uh, headstrong, and uh, and that was when the lockdowns began and everything. And like everybody, we we all went into a lockdown for several weeks. The end of March is, I believe, is when it. It started in 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 Georgia, anyhow, and uh, and there for two or three weeks there straight. Everybody, it was a virtual lockdown. I mean, yeah. you went out and and you bought groceries, but that was the only trip away from home for a while. There looked for toilet paper everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there was a shortage of toilet paper. Um, but uh, I don't know. I. Uh, I started writing a lot of songs. Yeah, you did. I, I wrote. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote some songs during the slowdown. It, it seemed like it was coming. 
uh, it was coming fast and furious there. But I was also watching a lot of documentaries and yeah, and, and also reading too. I I read, uh, I was reading books, uh, and uh, watching documentaries, and those two things right there inspire me to 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 write a song in a hurry. I was watching documentaries, but I I don't I didn't read. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that I, was I read, I read a little bit. I got a book on Norwegian black metal. The you know, the beginning of that where there was a bunch of church burnings and yeah. murders and all yeah. that stuff. It's pretty interesting. Um you know, for us it was just it was like we actually we're probably the outlaws of the COVID era, I guess, with our band because we went forty three days without a gig and that was the longest stretch we went. <sighs> And a lot of people went a lot longer than that. Um, Every week it would be, you know, cancellation or this place is going to still do it, but they're going to be at diminished capacity. And, oh, well, no, we're canceled. Mm -hmm. No, we're canceled. And honestly, we all still work a day job. So, you know, um, if somebody wanted, you know, needed something, you know, a a band or a duo or a trio or something, we would try to call other people that we knew needed the money that might not mind going and doing it. You know, Mm -hmm. um, we didn't want to, obviously with just because it was COVID time, we didn't want to start getting locked into lower price structures because of diminished capacity. You know, I mean, we don't charge a lot for, you know, uh, you know, as a band, but there are some venues that started cutting pay and started cutting pay and cutting pay till honestly, some of them, um, it wasn't on me. It was for other performers like acoustic performers mm. where guys that were getting 200 bucks a night were now getting $65. Mm. And, you yeah. know, um, well, uh, we fell into the safety net, uh, the, the cares act that yeah. was passed right there at the end of March by the federal government. Uh, did you, were you able to take advantage we, of that? We did not seek anything. Of that. I mean, not, not to sound like hokey or whatever, but like a lot of our friends play music and that's what they do for a living. Yeah. We, yeah. you know, Justin works construction. Um, Austin works y'all, in the mill. Y'all are still working. Lo, you know, Logan works um, his job, you know, um, and I work my job and uh, we just didn't feel like it was right. Um, to possibly, if there was a pool of money, because we started hearing about mm-hmm. these pools of money mm-hmm. and now it's all being taken up. So we, you know, and I know friends in different parts of the country that were still waiting on unemployment. Yeah. So we just, we we kind of talked amongst each other and, you know. And it was scary. Which is as an individual, yeah. it's an individual decision, that's fine, but we all kind of agreed that, you know, for ourselves. It, it was scary there just going through it and it was such a hard process. <laughs> and then And then you... Oh, we did it wrong. Now we got to do it again, yeah. and and not hearing anything back from their side of anything. Just it was just a, not knowing, and then it was a cluster mess. <laughs> yeah, from from the standpoint of of the state uh, government, you know, as yeah. far as you know, because they had to they had to uh, institute all these new programs and everything just to handle. The unemployment claims. Yeah, and you couldn't get anybody on the phone. Florida had it really bad. Florida's yeah. was, oh, my God. I, I think they're still just now getting around to getting the payments out to the oh, Floridians. Yeah. But 
uh, it was getting we scary. Very, like we weren't gonna get it, and then we were very fortunate because yeah. uh, that was uh, what well, um, quite a help. Yeah, yeah, you know, um, <clears throat> it's just I got the stimulus payment, and that was cool because mm-hmm. I helped offset some of. I mean, mm-hmm. there's COVID costs, you know. Yeah. You're having to go around your elbow to get to a roll of toilet paper, or you're having yeah. to pay more for something, or order stuff from Amazon, or mm-hmm. beef prices went through the roof mm-hmm. for a while. Um, there was a chicken import kind of shortage, you know. There was just different things that, um, I mean, the twelve hundred bucks more than paid for, you know, any you know price increases on stuff or hand sanitizer and masks and all that stuff. I mean, I definitely. Wasn't going to turn that down since that was for everyone, but I um, sent mine back. Well, we heard about some places <laughs> where there was. We heard about some places where there was unemployment for for artists of you know, you know, stage dance music or whatever, and how mm-hmm. there was a set amount of money. Yeah, not per person, but for the whole pool. Right, it's like it's going to run out if you don't get it, it on, yeah. and it's going to runs out. So yeah. we were like, oh, let's just you know. Let's just, you know, hands off. I bought an in-air monitor system um, on credit right before, like two weeks before the COVID shutdown. But I was like, I can take that out of my regular paycheck, you know. Mm-hmm. And then when the stimulus came, that just, you know. Helped out, yeah. Because I was counting on gig money to pay for, you know, I count on my gig money to pay for my guitars and, you know, various implements of destruction. Fun stuff. Yeah. So, um <clears throat> <clears throat> but yeah, it was weird. It's been weird. It has been weird. I mean, it's been weird. I still it's... have a hard time just just driving to Walmart or wherever, you know, and seeing people walking around with masks on. Yeah. I mean, I just still ain't got used to that. It's just like it just kind of shocks me for a second. That used know? to that used to be against the law. <laughs> yeah, it used to be. <laughs> well, used to, outlaws used to do that. Now it's against the law to go in there yeah. without one. I didn't recognize you without your mask on. That's the part I love, actually. Yeah. Going in there and you're like, they don't know who I am. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't have to talk to this person right now. Because, yeah, and get and out. some people, you can't right. tell if they're smiling with their masks on. Right. right. I mean, you can't, yeah. you know. Yeah. They could just be going. Yeah. I've become, <laughs> like, people are a lot friendlier to me now in my mind. <laughs> um, anyway, so. <laughs> yeah. You see people staring at you a lot longer, you know, with your mask on. Yeah. You're trying to figure out who He's smiling. Everybody's doing that. Yeah. Like, I, I did that today yeah. in Walmart. You, you make eye contact, and you're like, <laughs> okay. Are we being cool? Or That's we, enough. I don't know. <laughs> I looked at him too long. I think I'm going to get the COVID. Yeah. See, you just, just follow my lead and just start, like, when you look, you can't quite recognize, just start looking at their butt. And you're like, I'm just trying to recognize you, see if I know you. I mean, oh. <laughs> cancel. I'm sorry, ma'am. <laughs> but that Copenhagen ring tells me. <laughs> Copenhagen ring. Man. For those of you who may not know, a Copenhagen ring is when someone carries a, a pack of snuff in their back pocket so long that it makes a ring <laughs> in their sorry, jeans. I didn't recognize you till you bent over. Yeah. <laughs> I was in Walmart one time, and I, I, I swear, I've got this written down somewhere, but a guy uh, said to a female, he said, uh, I'm sorry, ma'am, you look like my cousin from the back. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
<laughs> yep. What you got there, buddy? Well, that's a big one. Uh, well, loud. <laughs> uh, courtesy of Paradolia Brewing Company, uh, they did up a Pine Box Dwellers something in the water experimental lager. And uh, we drank quite a few of these. What do you call that? This is a crowler. Crowler. It's like a growler, but it's a can, so it's a crowler. It's 32 ounce. And you did the artwork for that. I did the artwork on there. It's like a creature from the Black Lagoon. So you can kind of do close up of that. Do I need to get closer? It's too close. Creature from the Black Lagoon. It's the Creature. But uh, anyway. This is, uh, we only got a few of these left, and we figured we were waiting on the podcast to um, drink some of them. And since we're back with a new set, I figured this is a good time. Where's mine? Well, I didn't, I didn't bring enough for the whole class. No, we, we got some. <laughs> and look at this. It's the Creekster from the Black Lagoon <laughs> pint glass that was not made for us. I just bought this on the internet. <laughs> But uh, Tilt it sideways, Ed McMahon. Ooh. Oh, it oh, pours gosh. crazy. All in your lap, like. <laughs> Tilt that glass. Tilt it toward me. There you go. It was the can that was licking. All right. That's a, that's a whole lot of beer there. I'm not, I'm not a want? beer guy. No, okay. I just take a sip there. You, I'll, you like I'll try a little, it. You like a little sip? Yep. Are you going to edit any of this up? He looks like he's clipping. You got, uh, looks like what? You're clipping. This looks like the, uh, the mummy. You're way up on it. You got the mummy. Oh. That's because you need your mummy to drink it. I detect uh, Just an earthy... This mm. is that new beer, ain't it? This is kind of like a... Yeah. It's a experimental lager. Uh, I'm getting hints of possum underbelly. They <laughs> a, they asked us uh, what we liked, and we all liked something different. <laughs> so, um, this experimental. Cheers. Cheers. Pine Box Dwellers. COVID. Beer. Oh, yeah. I'm doing things. Yay. This is Let me give her a, a shot. Caradolia uh, Brewing Company, Sebastian, Florida. We appreciate you. Paradolia Brewing Company. Hold on. Paradolia Brewing Company. Yeah. Was that San Sebastian, Florida? Sebastian, Florida. Yeah. Sebastian, Florida. Wow. Mm. That's yeah, got some great pint. people down there. We, we can't wait to go back. We got something on the books. That wings like a staple. I'll tell you what, I'm not a beer guy at all, but for a beer, that is not bad. That's kind of uh, refreshing. It's a nice dry finish, too. That's good. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like I've been picking apples with a girlfriend or something. <laughs> very good. It's got a citrus kick. Yeah. It. I, I know they said the hops it was some hops from New Zealand that they had never used before. Mm. Mm. And... Um, 
You know why they got the hops from New Zealand? I don't. They were cheaper. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) You're not unemployed, are you? No. (laughs) Don't quit your day job. (laughs) Keep them cards and letters coming. Mm -hmm. Well, Uh, man's got to do what a man's got to do. That's good beer. And they got a great selection down there, man. Every time you go there, they've got just l- taps down the wall. Um, there's some kind of, I'm going to get all this wrong, but there's a club, a monthly monthly club you can join with them, and then you get this pottery-made stein or something. Hmm. And uh, when you go in there, that's your well, where's stein. Where's this? Uh, is the name of the town? Sebastian, Florida. Sebastian. It is down on the Atlantic coast. Um Below Daytona? Below Daytona, above Fort Lauderdale, somewhere right in there. Mm. <laughs> um, That's quite a trip. It's north of St. Pete. No, St. Pete is on the Gulf. Yeah, uh, totally. Um, wait, I'm, I'm thinking of something else. Should we, be north uh, of Cocoa Beach, maybe? Well, Cocoa's fairly close to Daytona, isn't it? There's Cocoa a, there's a Saint Wa- something uh, or a Cocoa Fort something the, right there. Uh, Cocoa Beach. We went and, to a music store down there. I can't remember. Somebody go on Google Maps, look it up. Yeah. Text us real quick. In Florida. Florida. It's down there in Florida. So great, great little spot. And I don't know why I haven't, and I don't know why I haven't asked this question, but every time we go there, we get out the van and little tiny bunnies are everywhere in the bushes and in the, just, I mean, in the town, just, Little tiny bunnies are everywhere eating. Well, maybe they got free-range bunnies. They got free-range bunnies. Little tiny ones, dude. Midget bunnies. I mean, they were all like this big, like what like a quail, that? like little bunny quails. <laughs> that, that, that would well, be yeah. awesome. I want to go there. I want to eat them. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Not the bunnies. No, the, um, no just kidding. I think the first time I went to Fitzgerald, Georgia, I didn't know that they had free range like chickens just roam the town. In in Fitzgerald, yeah. And it, I didn't now know that Key either. West, Key West, they're all over the place. Yeah. Chickens are. Yeah, I didn't know that either. And I've been to Fitzgerald. Are there hens and roosters there? Uh, I expect, uh, you know, uh, uh, and uh, Hemingway's uh, six toed six toed cats. You're talking about Key West. Yeah, Key West. Yeah, there's iguanas. And iguanas down there too. I loved it down there. We we went down there uh, on vacation when Connor, my son Connor, was about twelve, I guess. He's now the drummer in the Pine Box Dwellers band. <clears throat> and uh, as we were going down there, we the horns kept honking at us on the interstate. And uh, didn't realize it, but uh, it was uh, uh, National Gay Week was going on down there. And it was, I, I reckon these people were were uh, flirting with me as I was driving down yeah. 95, you know. It was just a, it's a, hey. <laughs> you know, so. I'm probably telling you to turn around. <laughs> just that, we don't need you. <laughs> but we uh, 
we we got down there it was beautiful uh only time i went to um the keys was winter solstice and it was overcast and cold as hell and rainy and oh it was cold it's horrible down there um was it with a girlfriend no <laughs> i won't say who it was because i don't want to say who it was but um a guy friend at the time of mine and right after uh opened up for Leon Russell down there in Fort Lauderdale. Oh. And uh he he was driving oh, yeah. he was driving me around and wanted to go down there and to funky see Funky Biscuit? Was what? it the Funky Biscuit? I don't know what you Fort Lauderdale? Where you opened for Leon? Um, was it the Funky Biscuit? I don't think it was that. that's where I played. Yeah. Was it uh you did Ponta you did Ponta V. It was a high stage yeah. in a short room. Yeah. It was called Funky Biscuit. Yeah, I could not remember that. Yeah, that was it was a an odd gig, but it was fun. I mean, oh, Leon opened up for oh, Leon. Man, it was great. It was great. And uh, the green room was cool with all the pictures of everybody. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we we went down, and you think I, I well at least I thought I'm in Fort Lauderdale. We're not that far. It's about as far from there to there as it was to come back home. Mm-hmm. Yes, and uh, we were going to watch the sun rise, and it didn't happen. <laughs> it was overcast, overcast. The worst day to be there all year. But I've been there, so I've never been to the Keys. I've been to the Grand Canyon. I want to go to the Grand I've Canyon. Been, I've never been west of Texas. Me either. You'd like you fit right in, Dave. I mean, it'd just be. Well, it's a big hole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'll fit uh, right in there. Well, <laughs> I plan to. You know, uh, there's there's things that I want to do still, and uh, let's go. I'm running out of time. Let's take this show on the road, Justin. Something in the water coming to a town near you. Coming unexpectedly to a. T- we're here. Let's go in somewhere and like. Yeah, I want to go. I want to go. Uh, the farthest west I've been is Middle Texas, and I rode out there with Kevin MacArthur, a uh, local friend of mine who did T-shirts, and he was doing. He was printing up T-shirts for a uh, uh, a hog roundup. I remember oh, yeah. that year. Oh yeah, yeah. That was a year that it was colder than. All get out at Swamp Town. Yeah. And that's the oldest concert shirt that I still wear. <laughs> to this day, I wear it to like around the house or to bed because all, almost all of everything's faded off because I wore it once a week for five or six years. It was a, you know, good job, Kevin, on that shirt. It's like one of my favorite shirts ever. <laughs> the hog shirt. No, not the hog shirt. The Swamp the Town Swamp get Down Town shirt. Yeah. Okay. But I remember shortly after that, he was making up shirts for a hog band. Yeah, Hog Bay, and that's I remember that when that happened. And then folks out there were serious now, and we sold some T-shirts. All I was there to do was to uh, take the orders and pass them back to him. He had two presses going full time back there, and he we stayed full time busy from the morning to the evening. Then we'd just go back to the motel and fall out, and that was fun. Uh, That was the weekend that uh on our trip out there we came up with the idea for the brass button award 
for, oh, really? for, for the Grand Parsons Festival. Yeah. We was talking about earlier the uh, Swamp Town Get Down was mm -hmm. the first of two music festivals that I put on here in Waycroft. The first and oldest festival happens at the end of September every year. It's, it's the annual Grand Parsons Guitar Pool and Tribute Festival. Grand Parsons, honoring Grand Parsons, who was uh, uh, fabled and and uh, important musician who uh, spent the first 12 years of his life in Waycross. Uh, but... Uh, Every year since Kevin and I came up with the idea, we we present a brass button award at the music festival to uh, one of the groups who plays there, uh, celebrating them and their and their contributions to uh, keeping the musical legacy of Graham Parsons alive and well. Yeah, and uh, but that's where it happened on that road trip, and I drove Kevin said he went to sleep. I drove from Waycross all the way to Texas in the middle of the night, and he was supposed to take over driving. And never did. About halfway, and, you know, he was over there pretending like he was asleep, I know. <laughs> <clears throat> but uh, that was, a, that was a, a, a fun time. But that's as far as I've been. I've been to Little Rock, Arkansas, and I've been to whatever the name of that little Texas town was. And I want to go further. Well, it's definitely worth it. I, I recommend <laughs> it greatly. The West is a very inspirational place for somebody who grew up in the scrub where you can't see more than, you know, a hundred yards at a time and you yeah. get out there, you can see till <laughs> till it just that's why I want to the earth curves, you know. Yeah, that's why I want to go right Yeah. Just be in the desert. Be in the desert and just see every star there is to see. Yeah, there ain't a, pictures don't. Yeah, don't do it. Yeah, it's got to be. It's, it's seen and well, it's all around you. Yeah, it's. it's I mean, and the feeling just is overwhelming. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, I drove. I went up a couple of years ago. My buddy, I was in the military with, and uh, I flew up to Michigan where he lived, and then we drove from Michigan to California just for him to get a tattoo. And then we drove back, you know, but, you know, we went through everything, you know, Utah, Arizona, Nevada, yeah. California. And, uh, yeah, it, it's crazy. Utah is like a, like another planet. Mm. And when we come in, when we were coming back, it was, um, it was like a, a red moon, a super moon, something really rare, you know, mm. we, we, you know, we crossed this, plateau this peak and we're coming down and you could just see forever and you could wow. see that red moon that giant red full moon you know wow. coming up over the plateau and it was it's like in the movies where where yeah. the moon is oh it's just huge, huge and it's right there at you yeah oh it's I mean, crazy see now you you can't see nothing like that here in south georgia too many trees yeah that's by the way, that's Justin speaking, the yeah. Gaussian Light Media. I don't think there's Is a that camera, the year that you almost got me. caught in the flash flood? No, that was the previous trip. Uh, he lived in Arizona for a, a period of time, and uh, I think it was uh, two years before that I went and seen him in Arizona. And, uh, yeah, he was going to do something, and I took his car down a dirt road down in this valley, to take some pictures, this beautiful mountain range off in the distance. 
and start sprinkling, sprinkling a little bit, a little bit heavier. So I'm like, I better turn back. So I get in the car, start headed back up the way I come. It's a pretty good grade, nothing extreme, but I'm coming back up and then it turns from a drizzle to a good rain to like a downpour in five minutes. And, and probably within a, with, within me coming back the way I came a mile, this, this torrential like flood starts coming <laughs> oh, at me. God. Like on the ground? Yeah. yeah. Like, so the road is like a canyon and it's just, you could tell it's been dug out from water yeah. in the past. Oh, so wow. I see it coming and it goes from like just a covering to like an inch to four inches to six. Wow. Then it's, it's literally a river. The road turns into a river in, in, wow. five, in five minutes. <laughs> oh, I'm in his Jeep, which luckily is a four wheel drive, but you know, and I'm, I'm concerned that I'm going to get stuck and get water all in his car. You know, I, I literally let, I've been gone 30 minutes and this happened and I find this little, little hump that I can drive up on and I drive up on it and park and I'm safe luckily, but I proceed the next 15 minutes. I just watched the road turn into an absolute river, like rapids. <laughs> wow. Just everywhere. Yeah. I wow. got, I got video of it, but it was, I'm going to stay home. I ain't going there. Yeah, yeah. it was crazy. <laughs> and then another 15 minutes and it, and it, it, it subsided. It slowly went down, slowly went down. And then these locals come by on their four wheelers and their their big four wheel drives and they're just looking at me like I'm lost, you know? Mm-hmm. And like What you doing up there on that hump? Yeah. <laughs> but uh I could have very easily ruined his vehicle and uh mm. yeah, so that was the first time I went to Arizona, got caught in a flash flood. Wow. Yeah, I went to uh right outside of Moab, Utah. I think I think it's right outside of Moab. Uh, natural bridges national monument it's all these arches that were cut out by you know the, the water and the mm. wind over all these years and you drive you know, and you you don't drive you climb down and they don't have like actual safety stuff there there's not like stairs or anything it's just mm. like a handrail and some smooth rock and if you yeah. fall and that's on you yeah whatever mm-hmm. but they tell the only thing they really tell you is like hey go look at everything don't litter and uh, if it starts raining climb <laughs> because what you get down to are dry riverbeds, and they are completely dry. Well, they're not soggy. They're not muddy. They don't look like there's. And they're not going to soak up any water. Nope, as not a bit. In the second gonna, it starts raining, it's like a bowl. Yeah, and mm. it's dry, and it's coming down from all directions mm-hmm. into this one area, and it's. But it's still amazing, man. I mean, you know. Well, I'm um, going. I'm going. I, I agree. Well, so, all right. I guess we'll have to wait till the COVID's done. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, all the reports I've been seeing is COVID's going to be with us beyond this. It's going to be yeah. with us forever. So uh, For sure. I got all ideas that this will end up being just like uh, uh, a flu shot or measles or something like that. You know? Yeah, once they get enough... Uh, once they get enough information on it, you know, I don't know if y'all saw amongst all the stuff that's been happening. Uh, this week, they announced the eradication of wild polio in Africa. Uh, I didn't see that. Yeah. What? Yeah, it's completely gone from Africa now. Wild polio? I didn't even know that was yep. a thing. Yep. 
I'm glad it's gone. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, you got to figure <laughs> Africa is a huge continent yeah. with people that are remote, so it's harder to get stuff to mm-hmm. them, to yeah. stuff out, you know. Um, but polio is is gone. Polio was still a big thing over there. Yeah. Though, right? for, a, for a while it was, and it's been, you know. It's gone. They've been working on it, working on it, working on it, but but it's gone. Cool. That's it. Um, you know, so that's that's a super positive thing because, mm. um, you know, it's not it's not something that affects a huge number of people, but it's very important to the people who it does affect. So when the scientists can get it down to where, like, well, we can still isolate this one thing and we can figure out how to cure it without it, you know, costing an inordinate amount of money or or they got enough, uh, I guess they got enough support financially to figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of cool because it just shows that, you know, we can beat stuff, yeah. beat stuff, you know, as, as a, as a world. So mm-hmm. there's that. I mean, um, so I thought that was some good news. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, we certainly are living in, in, Strange times right now. Sure. This is a, this is a one in a once in a century kind of ordeal that we're going through right now. Right. Wrote any COVID songs? I know you have. You wrote any COVID songs? I have not written any COVID songs. Like, like or any songs during this. Doesn't have to be about. Not them. really. I mean, I, I mean to be honest. I mean, if we're talking about all this stuff, is I've kind of been you know doing what dave's been doing is doing documentaries and reading and 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 you know kind of watching uh just kind of taking input and not i've been trying to think mm-hmm. less i guess mm-hmm. yeah um, I, for me i think it's gonna come later like because i always have to like deal with something and then exactly I, I need to see out. the other side before i can really fully yeah. i mean you know um or at least you know it's like, it's like right you talking about writing songs, you know. Mm-hmm. I've been in unhappy situations where I've never written a song about it until it was over. Until it was that, mm-hmm. and it was when over, you get over it, then you can look back and, and you're you like, have all these, you're like, yeah, you, yeah, if you, you took if, my living room suit, but I'm gonna write yeah. an album. So that rug really take brought that. the room together. Exactly, man. <laughs> <laughs> They're nihilist. Well, then, with nice marmots. The thing about After song, that's the thing about songwriting is, uh, you. My opinion is, you write when when you write. Yeah, you know yeah. there is no. Yeah, I think it, com- no it comes to you. And there's no yeah. downtime. It's just there's no downtime for Dave though. No, it's that there is downtime with me. Shoot, man. but there downtime is, for you is not downtime for me, though. I will say that downtime for me might be a year. The time is the time for you. The time is when <laughs> when the guy when the muse visits you and 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 whispers in your ear or whatever, you know that's when you write. And and, uh, and when that's happening, it's just like you can't not write it. It's right. just coming out. Well, that don't always happen, but you know the 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 inspiration uh, for for a song to begin can come out of thin air, or it can come from uh, a book, or it can come from watching a movie, or it can come from listening to somebody say something. You know, yeah. And uh, that's the that's the beauty of it. It's just uh, no pressure. That's what I love about it. It's no pressure. 
It's just like, wait, it's going to happen. Yeah. Just wait. I, I don't worry about it or anything like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, no need to. I sometimes feel like I've lost a path or it's just something I can't do anymore or, or whatever. But I also, then I just don't think about that. Cause like, if it yeah. ain't going to happen, it's like, right. You, you can't force it. It's like a poop, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you can sit down. And well, I never quite thought about it yeah. like that. Before, if, if, but... if it ain't time, it ain't time. Well, you haven't written songs like I have either, so <laughs> <laughs> I got one. I got that brown sound. I got one. <laughs> but no, Dave. Since you're the senior member of the of the group, um, when I was younger, much younger, first starting to try to write songs or whatever. I could always grab on to some kind of negative emotions or something I was going through or some sadness, and that would be the sort of the propellant. Mm-hmm. But as you've gotten older, do you find that that's more that stress is a better inspiration, or if it's just no, uh, not necessarily. I mean, <coughs> uh, it's just like I was saying a while ago; they'll come at you from any angle, you know. And the the most important thing is you just got to be ready to take it on, you know, when it does come. Uh, stress uh, probably helps, you know. Uh, I remember reading something about B.B. King one time. He said, uh, the best blues song that I ever wrote, I was feeling pretty good, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it don't have to be any no. anything one way or the other. It don't have to be anything. I mean, uh, that's my view on it anyhow. I, I just think that uh, uh, you're going to get inspiration to write a song. And uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be anything you've lived through or going through. It or don't have to be. It could be about, uh, let's it, write about a book, whatever. You know. Yeah, it can, it can just be putting yourself in the position of somebody else who you're, you're watching somebody else go through something, yeah. you know, and all of a sudden... You sit down and and you start writing. Sometimes you don't even know what you're writing about. Yeah. Well, until you're halfway through, oh, or, or all or the way all through, the way through, or six it. years after you, you wrote the song. Back and <laughs> yeah, say, yeah. Then you can look back and say, "Oh my God, yes, I was just okay. I see it now." But but for me, I don't. I wouldn't say that for you. But for I think anytime you sat down, you would probably write something. No. Every time I sit down, I'm like. The spigot ain't on, the faucet ain't running. I gotta come. I'm not, it's not working today or whatever, you know. And and sometimes I can come up with riffs all day long. Can't come up with any words, or can come up with a few lines. Can't come up with any music. Well, but but when it's on, I'm like two or three songs in mm-hmm. two days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love yeah. it when that happens. Yeah, for, that's the good thing for me. Good you times. know, I I have such. I feel like I need to write at such a high standard that yeah i just don't stick with stuff and push through and then this past it's about a week or so ago a week and a half ago was like the nine year in 2010 i wrote a musical yeah um it was about five maybe six songs all together and and the dialogue for a children's version of of dracula okay and i wrote those songs in about three days and yeah, I went and back, great. you know, for, for myself, and I went back and listened to all. And they're really good songs. Yeah. Not yeah. to punch me, you know, not to, yeah. to puff myself up. But I've they're really good songs. 
Yeah, I've never heard yeah, of it. They're really good, too. Yeah, and that's the thing. And it's like that inspiration was there. And I've always, I haven't never, I've never fancied myself a writer because I don't sit down and try to write or whatever, but I always have had that one step removed sort of <laughs> viewpoint, you know, where um, where when I do write songs, I figured out, not on purpose, but I figured out that most of the time when I'm writing a song, it's about not me, but it's about something that I have in common with whatever that character is. And I'm right. not creating, I'm not sitting down and going, well, his name is Joe and yeah. he works at a factory or whatever. The song comes, but right. I realize it's not me because I have a song called Girls Who Drive Jeeps. <laughs> and, and, and Dave's wife, Lynn, loves it. That's not me at all. Song. Yeah, But it's there just, is that one part of me that, that when I see a Jeep go by and there's a girl in it, I'm like, right. I wonder what her life is like. Yeah. And I bet there's some guy out there who's – I've known guys that were really into volleyball players or really into this or really into that. And they're very specific about women. And I've just never been that way. It's always been a personal one-on-one individual connection. Mm-hmm. So to write a song about a guy that's into very, something very specific, you know, um, on the outside of a person um, – I didn't try to do that. I just sat down and thought, you know, I saw a girl driving a Jeep. That's cool. I bet some, I bet somebody that could really be a thing that people could be into. <laughs> and I went, girls who drive Jeeps. And that was it. You know, I mean, play it, it. Just, it just came out. So yeah, can you play can it right now? Sure. I can do it. Uh, where's the guitar? We have several around here. And I have extinguished. I have extinguished. Hold on, let me get a sip of this beer first. Hold on, sorry. You need another. I've drink? extinguished my bourbon drink, so I'm hoping that how'd you, you need like, another one. How'd you like that? That's uh, I, people, people know that I don't drink beer. Yeah, and that went down as smooth as. Uh, yeah, I was worried about that. You liked it. Yeah, I did. Well, that's the best compliment you could ever get. My wife loves this song. I love it too, uh, Jason. Uh, girls who drive jeeps. All right. Girls who drive Jeeps Girls who drive Jeeps They get in my mind All of the time Make me feel like a creep Girls who drive Jeeps Girls who drive Jeeps Tall and tan They play in the sand When I'm asleep And when I see them Dancing on the edge Of my dreams And I know that I can Never have it all And my life Is coming apart At the seams Well at least I'm in love with girls who drive Jeeps. Girls who drive Jeeps. They're out of my league because they're so intrigued by guys named Philippe. (laughs) Girls who drive Jeeps. Girls who drive Jeeps. Their ponytails send me off the rails. I'm in way too deep. 
And when I see them dancing on the edge of my dreams And I know that I can never have it all And my life is coming apart at the seams Well, at least I'm in love With girls who drive Jeeps Yeah! <laughs> Yeah, that's good. Uh, liver than that, boys and girls. I'll tell you what. I nice. mentioned I'm a bass player. <laughs> oh, that was good. But no, that song, I mean, oh, oh shoot. Uh, heavier than they used to that, be. That song uh, just came, you know, kind of out of nowhere, and it's a silly song, but you know what? It's a, it's actually a real song. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's got all the parts. Yeah, and it, uh, working like it. I, I catch myself singing that song all the time. <laughs> I do for real. Girls who drive bleeps. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime I see a Jeep, it's like girls who drive Jeeps. Well, the reason it's my wife's favorite song is because she's always wanted a Jeep. Her daddy was in the National Guard and drove a Jeep. And, uh, and that was her childhood, you know. He used to take her for rides in the Jeep, you know. Well, there's something American about a Jeep. Yeah, but it's a gas guzzler now. It's, it's, it's like not aerodynamic at Have all. You, it's just a, it's like a brick rolling down the highway, you know. Gas guzzling is American. Have you checked out the Jeep <laughs> Renegades, though, Dave? They're they're. No, I'm expensive. talking about the Wranglers. Oh, yeah. That kind of box style, you yeah. know. There's, there's, uh, but anyhow, she does want one, and I'll, I'll try to make it happen for her one day. But uh, uh, right now, uh, I just did make another one of her dreams come true. I bought her a uh, camper trailer. A yeah, camper yeah. trailer. Yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah, a little old. Real, uh, real cute one. Tin can, uh, what they call a tin can, can ham or whatever they call them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it's a beautiful little thing, you know. A little gypsy roads, a little gypsy there. wagon, you know. And, uh, yeah. So maybe we'll bet anywhere in it. Uh, uh, it sat in the front yard until we went to. Uh, uh, we hauled it over to uh, Townsend, Georgia, and left it in the backyard of a friend of mine who was a handyman. He's going to go through it and kind of, uh, you know, make a list of. The improvements needed on it, you know, wiring, water, sewer, whatever, you know, needs to happen with it. And oh, it's uh, got a bathroom in it. Well, it's it's got the space, which I'm assuming was an original bathroom, but all it is now is just a space. And I'm thinking uh, we could retrofit that thing with a with a commode, you know. Just put a bucket and a shower curtain in there. You're good. And some kitty litter. <laughs> Yeah, uh, oh, we can make do. We'll figure it out. But uh, it's all about making is, do. That is one thing that uh, <laughs> that is one thing that she wanted, and uh, we cross that off her bucket list. So, but my bucket list. Now, let me get to my bucket list. My bucket list is uh, Grand Canyon and Stone the Rockies, <laughs> and uh, I'd love to go on a music uh, tour. You know, just hit. Muscle yeah. Shows, Memphis, uh, been to Nashville, uh, seen 
the things there, but uh, maybe go up to Cleveland and hit the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you know. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, Los Angeles with Sunset Strip. Is that Capitol Records building still there, you think? I don't have a clue. It's it probably still there. Is. Probably is. It was round, wasn't it? Yeah, they still, they still were there. Like a big old stack of CDs. Yep. Uh, of course, there's Red Rocks. You can't forget that. Yeah, yeah I, want, I would love to awesome. see a Red Rock show. I know people that have been there. I met the man who met Andy Griffith. What? <laughs> I don't know. I saw that in some. Like, what it was. Man, down there at the mall, they got the man who met Andy Griffith. He signed an autograph. <laughs> that's small town for you. That's small well, town for you. That's, that's small town for you. I'll shake his hand. <laughs> he met Andy Griffith, I swear. He got a picture. Oh, Lord. Andy Griffith was... Uh, Icon. What's that? The uh, the man who sold the world, that Nirvana song. Yeah. Well, it's uh, man, actually a David Bowie David song. Bo David Bo Bowie. Yeah. Okay. So the the man who met Andy Griffith. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the song. There. And if you were Jim, it was Bowie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it was all spelled the same. Exactly. Yeah. Let's take a pee break. And we'll be back. Absolutely. We'll be right back. And just remember that everybody in Mayberry that was happy was single. The only one who was married was Otis. That's why he is drunk all the time. <laughs> Something in my blood starts to take a hold. Something in my bones start to lose control. Something in the water gonna make me whole. gonna play a song me and dave wrote uh, about a month or two ago um it was spawned for, by our good friend lindy berg her and her husband uh ed they are over in Bruns the brunswick georgia area and uh she told me a story about a waffle house waitress named baby that had went through some trials and tribulations and uh it was like a good song to me and I uh, took it over to Dave's house. I said, if there's going to be a song written about the Waffle House, it's got to have Dave Griffin in it. <laughs> I've eaten many of them, but I've never had <laughs> baby for a waitress. And I'm looking forward to that day, though. But anyhow, uh, it is a, it is a, uh, it is a song expressly written for baby. What do we call it? Uh, baby. Baby. We'll call it Baby. Or uh, yeah. Ballad of Baby. How about that? The Ballad of Baby. And this song goes out to you, baby. Baby was a witch. It's at the Waffle House on exit 29. She had lanky long legs, dark hair, smiling hash brown eyes. 
She'd take your order in a sing-song style Set you straight with a country smile Baby was the waitress at the Waffle House on exit 29 Baby had her regulars and her fair share of orders on the side Butter up, sugar, cream, keep them all satisfied Well, she's an all-star special, bring you down to your knees Keep you coming back, saying, pretty please Baby had her regulars and her fair share orders on the side Baby had a lover who was smothered and covered in shame he was a low-down loser, abuser, a user of pain He made her quit, he blacked her eyes Cut little baby down to size Baby had a lover who was smothered and covered in shame Now baby is a waitress at the Waffle House in 341 She left that son of a bitch bleeding in the Georgia sun Back in the business of being alive She waiting tables, she gonna survive The baby is a waitress at the Waffle House in 341 now baby is a waitress at the Waffle House of 341 Baby Guys, I have not heard that song before. I hear that uh, Lindy's husband Ed's a big fan of the podcast, right? Yeah, yeah. So they say, yeah. Good deal. That's good. Yeah, we hope that a lot of y'all are out there watching. And uh, if you are, like, subscribe, uh, notify, share, share, review, review, rate, tell your mama things. But uh, I'm an analog man in the digital world, so I'm I'm just kind of feeling my way through all this stuff. But uh, you, be, I am an analog man. See that? That's real. <laughs> so uh, we appreciate all of y'all. Though we appreciate you for watching, and appreciate your comments too. And, uh, uh, share it with all your friends. Get us all out there. Um, 
Folks, I guess it's time for another tale of the week. From your book? This is from my uh, uh, book that was published in December 2018. Uh, While we was on break, uh, we were discussing many things while we were on break, uh, from bidets to uh, uh, the... uh, minute differences between Carolina and uh, Memphis and uh, Kansas Kansas City City barbecue sauces because we had some ribs tonight uh, courtesy of uh, of Justin from Caution Light Media three different flavors uh, of ribs it was was very tasty yes sir Uh, I'm going to read to you uh, one of my uh, tales of the week uh, concerning uh, the Andy Griffith show. My son, Connor, who I've spoke about already tonight, has has now become a fan of the Andy Griffith show, which I'm so tickled at because I grew up with the Andy Griffith show. It was the greatest, in my opinion, it was the greatest sitcom in history of television. And uh, the fact that my my boy is now uh, is now getting into it uh, makes me happy on a bunch of levels. This is uh, called "For the Love of Andy and Barney," and if you, you'll excuse me, <clears throat> Andy's back. <laughs> it's as friendly as a faded childhood memory as warm as that old familiar coat at the first sign of a new winter, as nostalgic as a dreamsicle from Dot and Duncan's, melting on your bare knee in the back of a pickup truck down Memorial Drive, the friendly, familiar, nostalgic melody written and whistled as the main theme of the Andy Griffith Show by Earl Hagen is firmly embedded in the psyche and soul of all that is good. Over the years, American sitcoms have come and gone in a flurry of high expectations, one-liners, canned laughter, and live audiences. None have combined plot, character, and comedy as perfectly as that weekly half-hour visit to Mayberry, North Carolina, a visit that began and ended with a whistle and a finger snap. Earl Harry Hagen was born in Chicago on July 9, 1919. As a youngster, he moved with his family to Los Angeles, picked up the trombone, and by age 16, he left home to join the big band circuit, playing with Tommy Dorsey and Benny Goodman. At the age of 20, he wrote Harlem Nocturne, a jazz classic that has been covered by groups from every genre and generation since 1939. The song became the theme for the television series Mickey Spillane's Mike Hammer from 58 to 60. Hagen's work in television was most successful, composing the memorable themes for Make Room for Daddy, The Dick Van Dyke Show, Gomer Pyle, USMC, That Girl, and I Spy, which landed him an Emmy Award in 1968. The Fishing Hole, was the name Hagen gave the famous tune 
whistled as Andy and Opie Taylor made their way down a wooded lane to Myers Lake at the start of every Andy Griffith episode. The Andy Griffith Show was set in the fictional town of Mayberry in the backwoods hills of North Carolina, patterned after Griffith's hometown of Mount Airy in North Carolina. The sitcom was as believable as the characters themselves. The show's southern authenticity to detail was remarkable, given that it was filmed outside Los Angeles and produced by Sheldon Leonard, Richard Link, and Aaron Rubin, a handful of northern geniuses from New York, New Jersey, and Chicago. The black and white episodes of the first five seasons, by far the best, introduced so many memorable characters. Aunt B, the matronly architect of fine southern cooking on the show, couldn't boil water if her real life depended on it. Opie Taylor, America's every kid, grew up before our very eyes and turned into a fine filmmaker, directing Cocoon, Apollo 13, and most recently, the high, highly touted documentary, The Beatles, Eight Days a Week, The Touring Years. A slew of colorful characters, including Andy's sideman, Deputy Barney Fife, Barbara Floyd Lawson, town drunk Otis Campbell, gas station cousins Gomer and Goober Pyle, and lovable hillbilly Ernest E. Bass will forever be remembered as the comedic geniuses they are. A few of the episodes stand out in my mind as most brilliant. Convicts at large, in which Barney and Floyd are taken hostage by three fe female escapees from prison. My Fair Ernest T. Bass, a hilarious takeoff on Lerner and Lowe's musical My Fair Lady. And Opie the Birdman, like so many Andy Griffith shows, injected a lesson in morality that viewers may trace straight to the pages of the good book. The magic of The Andy Griffith Show lies in the intelligent synchrony of comedy, drama, and music, primarily of the folk and bluegrass variety. Andy Griffith was no stranger to the guitar and was a good singer as well, so much so that the writers worked a musical segment into almost a quarter of the show's 249 episodes. Barney and Andy harmonizing in the courthouse as they go about their daily routine. Bobby Fleet and his band with a beat. The dysfunctional Mayberry Town Band. Gomer Powell's unexpected, beautiful, baritone singing voice. Andy's peaceful front porch serenades and the fabulous Darling family, led by Father Briscoe on the jug. <clears throat> When the darlings came calling, you could rest assured they were going to stir up a little trouble for Andy. And the darling boys were going to pick and sing some good old mountain music. In reality, the darling boys were none other than the famed bluegrass band, the Dillards. Guitarist Rodney Dillard, along with brother Doug on banjo, founded the Dillards in 1963. As the darlings, they were featured in six episodes on Andy Griffith. In 2011, I was pleased to book Rodney Dillard for the 14th Annual Grand Parsons Guitar Pool and Tribute Festival. He was amiable and talkative, not at all like Rodney Darling, his reticent character on the TV show. In episode 19, Mayberry on Record, 
an independent record producer, came to town in search of local talent. One group who performed on the 1961 episode was the Country Boys, featuring a young Clarence White, who went on to play with the Kentucky Colonels and the Birds following Graham Parsons' departure in 68. Together with Gene Parsons, Clarence White invented a guitar accessory that emulates the sound of a pedal steel guitar, the B-Bender, of which he was a master. Tragically, on July 14, 1973, Clarence White was struck and killed by a drunk driver as he was loading equipment following a gig in Palmdale, California. Graham Parsons paid tribute to him in a verse of his original song, In My Hour of Darkness. Small talk, homespun humor, colorful characters, and down-home music were the ingredients for one of the most revered television shows in American culture. Television critic Horace Newcomb said, Peace, love, and laughter are the central virtues of the world of the domestic comedy. As a child of the 60s, I was a big fan of Peace and Love and Andy Griffith. Gonna whistle now. I can't whistle anymore, folks. Thank you all so much for having me again. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Jason. Great. Jason, it's been good to have you, brother. Come see me play sometime. Yeah. Check it out at uh, Justin Spivey on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat. Yes, sir. Christian Mingle, Farmers Only, Farmers Mostly, <laughs> all those places. Uh, seriously, Farmers if Mostly. You're, if you're a fan of... <laughs> Folks, it's been good to get back yeah. uh, to the old uh, Something Water podcast, and we appreciate y'all tuning in. And uh, I'd like to welcome you back next time. We'll see you down the road. Come on back now, you hear? Hey.